This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. It's Friday, Dolphin fans, and you know what that means. Welcome into a brand spanking new episode of SB Nation's number one Miami Dolphins podcast, Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh show. I'm Josh House. That must mean I am joined by the one, the only Jake Mendel. How's it going today, Jake? Josh, I'm sitting here blankly staring at a rundown that says there are two one in seven teams facing this weekend and the Miami Dolphins are one of them. I don't know how we got here. Uh, but we're muscling through. We're, we're trying to hit that sim button as fast as we can, but I think our system keeps freezing up. Yeah, system keeps freezing up. And, you know, Jake, I would love to sit here and, you know, jump right into the Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins. But uh, we can't do that because, as you know, as the entire world should know by now, the Cleveland Browns released Odell Beckham Jr. And, um, Jake, the Miami Dolphins have the second waiver claim. The only team that can honestly get him before the Miami Dolphins would be the Detroit Lions. So uh, let me hear your thoughts on this because, you know, Twitter – Regardless of where you look, everyone's talking about where Odell Beckham Jr. may end up. Last week, Chris Greer was talking about how he's always looking for opportunities to upgrade his team. And when you mix that with the fact that Will Fuller has played in, what, two games? I don't think he's started one of them. Uh, Devontae Parker has been downgraded to doubtful. Uh, Josh, Odell Beckham Jr. would come into this locker room and instantly be fourth on the team in receiving yards. Uh, I know it's really easy every time somebody's cut to, you know, jump on it and say, we should sign him. We should sign him. But one thing we've been saying since at least the trade deadline ended, I mean, I think we kind of came to the conclusion a few weeks, even before that is these nine games are about evaluating Tua. And when I look at someone like Odell Beckham, and when I look at the fact that, you know, the Miami Dolphins are throwing to players, no offense, like Isaiah Ford, uh, Albert Wilson's not even seeing the field. Uh, why, why not? Why, if you need to see if your quarterback is the answer and you're always looking to upgrade your team, I mean, Odell Beckham is, is a headache. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but the Dolphins are a big old migraine right now. And so a little, little flippy headache on top of that. I mean, 
doesn't really matter anymore. Uh, so Josh, I see this as a move, as an opportunity, as a chance, a diamond in the rough. The op- the chances the Dolphins have taken in the past, uh, there, there have been some more risky ones than this. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Josh, to bring him on the roster would cost less than Albert Wilson is currently making. And, and that's how I want to wrap my case of, hey, not trying to be a homer, not trying to be overdramatic that the Dolphins need to be like a hungry, hungry hippo eating up every single player that gets cut. But I think Odell Beckham Jr., Tua Tungabailoa, the two guys are being doubted by everybody. Yeah, let's write the story. Yeah, and I think you said it best on Twitter. You know, YOLO. On one hand, you can honestly see why the Dolphins, you know, they can 100% use a wide receiver. And I'm not going to lie, he's one of the most explosive players in the NFL. I mean, we all remember that sexy one-handed grab he had. I mean, he's honestly basically Jarvis Landry on steroids. He's the final evolution of Jarvis Landry if he had a Thunderstone. I mean, is that not the perfect way to put it? I mean, we all remember those poster, you know, those crazy catches that he made. And, you know, if you're asking me if I close my eyes at night and think of an offense that has Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, you know, Devontae Parker, when healthy, and then two at the helm. I mean, that makes you <laughs> stoked. I mean, yes, that would be awesome. I guess the only thing would be, you know, what he does to that locker room. And I guess that's the biggest question mark that still surrounds him. So um, I, I think the whole thing right now is just the, the comments that his dad made on the internet. You know, I guess they were talking about Baker Mayfield's deep ball and Jake, I mean, if Baker Mayfield's issues with a deep ball and that guy's going out there, you know, playing his ass off, you know, with his arm almost falling right off his shoulder. I mean, what is that going to happen? Like what's going to happen when he comes to Miami, you know, to a song of a low, a guy who has a little bit of injury concerns struggling with the deep ball. I mean, is this going to be the perfect marriage? I don't know. But when you take a step back and you think about it, you know, any year, you know, for, for how many years we would have sat here and been like, yo, man, Odell Beckham in Miami, hell yeah, sign me up. And, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned the contract. I think the Cleveland Browns just took on almost that entire contract. And now yeah. you're making him, you're going to bring him on the rosters and upgrade, you know, and like you said, you pay him less than Albert Wilson. I think they'd even have his rights through 2023. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't see why you wouldn't do it. And at first I was thinking, you know, why do you add him to a team that, you know, the ship's already sinking, this thing's already going down. I mean, why not? Because you've already yeah, hit rock exactly. bottom. You know, the worst has already <laughs> come. And, and you mentioned it. You want to evaluate to a song of a low. What better way than to get him a guy like Odell Beckham? Because then if he can't throw the deep ball with him, you know, maybe with a healthy Devontae Park with Jalen Waddle, you know, then he might just not be able to throw the deep ball. And then you, then you have, you know, cause for concern there. So sign me up, man. It took me a little bit to get on board, but I'm all for it. It'd be one thing if this offense was like clicking at times. It'd be one thing if the Dolphins were competing for a playoff spot. It'd be one thing if Tua has become that leader. I'm not saying he isn't going to get there, but in the sake of he's been injured, um, then we could be like, all right, this guy could sink a ship. He could go literally out on a boat and ruin your entire season like he did with the Giants. Uh, but Josh, there is there is nothing standing in the way of this not being a, an opportunity the Dolphins should take, especially when you think of how Chris Greer operates. And Josh, my closing statement is this. He's averaging seven yards per catch right now. That definitely screams Miami. Additionally, man, it's been eight weeks, and all of a sudden we're talking about Tua's deep ball. The same week this comes out that Beckham wants to catch deep balls. I mean, little quinky dink if you ask me. And let's not act like he can't throw the deep ball. I mean, we all remember that ball. It was perfectly placed. It was 55 yards on a rope that Jakeem Grant dropped. So um, I don't know, Jake. I guess the only thing that I would question is if, you know, a guy like Chris Greer and Brian Flores are truly concerned about their jobs. You know, you're trying to prove that you're not going to lose the locker room. Maybe that wouldn't be the best thing. But again, he's 29 years old. I mean, you get goosebumps just thinking, you know, where you would have thought about this if, you know, two years ago, if you would have said Odell was coming. Or even during the offseason. Or or even during, yeah, I mean, even during the offseason, I think we did. Did we not? I think someone asked us about this. I mean, I do think (laughs) there were rumors about that, if you're being completely honest. So, and again, you know, in years past, you might be stoked because the Dolphins, the more games they lose, the better that draft pick is, but that's not the case this year. Yep. 
So why not go out trying to win a couple of football games? I think that's the thing that's kind of keeping me a little, little bit interested with the Dolphins. Uh, I still feel the pain every single Sunday. Uh, but in terms of rooting them on instead of just suffering and quiet is the fact that, you know, San Fran's not the greatest team in the world right now. And the Dolphins need to do everything they can to kind of compete in that race for who has the worst pick between those two. Uh, because the last thing I want to hear after a season of how the Dolphins have been a joke, they're in the sewer, they're playing in the mud with all these different trades, they're losing the locker room, is the fact that they traded away their first round pick for a, a wide receiver they're not necessarily using the proper way at the moment. Check out Barry Jackson's article about that. And then on top of that, you know, you gave away the pick and and everyone's kind of laughing about that and, and everyone's been yeah, and I mean, in hindsight, we can all sit here and say it was terrible to trade away that pick. But I mean, if we were Chris Greer at the time and they gave up, you know, you sat there and said, OK, well, the pick that the 49ers are going to have, you know, is going to be a, I guess, a better pick than yours. You wouldn't really be you'd be basically sitting there saying your team was going to suck. Jake, the one thing I want to ask you about Odell Beckham, and I kind of made a joke about it, was, um, you know, I, I looked on the website, the number 19 jersey is still available. I mean, is that not the perfect jersey for Odell Beckham to come in here? I mean, that jersey is cursed. I mean, it, it'd be the perfect jersey for him. Yeah, but is it an example of like two negatives make a positive? If you add someone like Odell Beckham into that 19, is could that break the curse? I, I, nah, that's what we're hoping for, right? I mean, <laughs> we hope that that banner's up there in the ring of honor before some of these other guys, right? I mean, that would be the ultimate thing to have Odell Beckham come here and rejuvenize his career. And, you know, two is in the process. I mean, who knows what could happen if he comes here and this offense, you know, does some of the things that we expected. Um, but again, we might be counting our chickens before they're hatched. And who knows, maybe Detroit says, you know what, F this. We want to win yep. a game this year. You know, what's Odell Beckham? I mean, they could easily do it. And then, you know, what's he going to do? Cry his way out of there. Time will tell. But to think that Odell Beckham just became available, Jake. And, you know, part of me wonders if the Dolphins, with all this Deshaun Watson stuff hanging over their head, you sign Odell Beckham. I mean, some of the focus, at least a little bit, starts to shift, you know, Odell Beckham and some of that drama that that yep. great. You know, all of a sudden they're not writing about Deshaun Watson. They're sitting here writing about Odell Beckham. So time will tell. I'm excited to see what the Dolphins do on Monday. Man, it's a pleasant thought to think about how Odell Beckham's Miami Dolphins number 19 jersey will be in the ring of honor right next to Jalen Phillips and his number 15. <laughs> Cannot wait. Oh, man, I hate this team. All right, let's get into the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins. Josh, we already mentioned it. Brian Flores said that Devontae Parker has suffered a setback and is doubtful for Sunday. Uh, it kind of goes back to what we said following the loss to the Bills is when you have someone like Devontae Parker on the field, you need to use him as much as you can because it's only a matter of time until he's back off it. Uh, it, it it's like you got two times a two times multiplier and guitar hero or something. And, and you just got to press all the buttons really fast. That's like playing with Devonte Parker. Um, so all of a sudden, Josh, you're looking at a team uh, that is down the receiver. That was really kind of helping the dolphins move the chains in the first half of last week's game. Uh, additionally on Thursday's injury report, we're using Thursdays because we're recording at one o'clock on a Friday. Uh, Tua was limited with a rib injury and a left finger injury. Josh, I wanted to ask you, he missed last season with a hand injury. Could this be another, oh my God, they're out this week in terms of, you know, how Brian Flores doesn't really say too, too much. And all of a sudden a guy's not active on Sunday, or am I just, you know, kind of going too far off this clip cliff here when talking about Tua? I think you're definitely doing that Charlie thing where he's pointing at the, the board and, you know, he's spinning a little bit out of control, but I mean, we've seen it before, you know, we That's thought this, this was just, needs, yeah. yeah, we thought it was just a, like you mentioned a rib injury. I mean, we thought it was just a minor thing. It turned out he was out for three games. So it sucks that it's on the storing finger, but I do think, you know, Brian Flores mentioned today, maybe there was some swollen, but I do think he said all signs seem to be pointing you know, to, to a starting. And again, that's what we want to see. We, this entire year now, you know, is based around seeing him develop. 
Um, you have Greg Manch here was practiced in full. Brandon Jones and Jerome Baker were both limited, Jake. So those were some of the other guys um, that came up on the injury report. And again, we're doing this at 1.30 on Friday. So um, uh, injury report should be dropped, you know, as soon as we finish this up and I start to, to edit it because that's just the way things work. Yeah, I think Jerome Baker, uh, he spoke with the media a little bit, and it's a day-by-day type of thing. Speaking of speaking with the media, of course, uh, Preston Williams, he was – interviewed on Friday or had some availability with the media and basically he just said, I violated team rules. It's between me and coach. And he's looking forward to getting back out on the field. Uh, Josh, that's just another receiver who I think is under impressed, underwhelmed uh, when he is on the field. I it seemed like he was just trying too hard to uh, dance. Uh, I think on his one reception, he had a couple of weeks ago. So Josh, I think the most interesting thing about this Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins game outside of the fact that, it's two of the worst teams in football is what are we going to see out of the Miami Dolphins rushing attack? Because the last week was so dramatic. I think something that's kind of been swept under the rug a little bit is that I think Duke Johnson was originally brought on this team to have an impact. And I was curious if, you know, nobody's asked about this. Nobody's talking about this, but do you think there's a shot? You know, Duke Johnson could see the field. Obviously Malcolm Brown is out with an injury. Miles Gaskin last week, three receptions for 19 yards. He averaged three yards per carry. Salvan Ahmed, 3.1 yards per carry. Patrick Laird even got involved. He had two targets, a 10-yard reception. Another one was brought back. I think it was that first illegal motion call. It was on a third and 10 or something. He, he moved the sticks, and, and that was kind of a shot in the foot. Obviously, Duke Johnson isn't someone who is going to run the ball, but in terms of running through the air, Josh, I think Duke Johnson should get some sort of opportunity because nobody else is really making those chances uh, into anything worth worthwhile there. You're absolutely right. These are two of the stinkiest defenses in football. I looked it up. The, you know, they're both bottom five in the league. I think Houston's lying 404 yards per game. And then uh, they're actually ranked 31st in the league, allowing 148 yards on the ground. So, I mean, this is a chance for the Miami Dolphins offense to get right. This is a chance for, you know, Miles Gaskin or Salvin Ahmed. You mentioned Duke Johnson. I mean, is that not the joke there? Does that not make this a revenge game of sorts if this is Duke yes. Johnson? I mean, uh, we're going to get into our fantasy players later, but I was even thinking about throwing him out there because the player that I am going to say, you know, kind of fills that similar role. So I don't know if Duke Johnson will be ready. I mean, I think, you know, they, some people think maybe Jared Dokes is ahead, you know, with the playbook. You don't know. The veteran coming in midseason, but I think he has that skill set to go out there and, again, to exploit a, a Houston Texans defense that's lying 148 yards on the ground. I mean, this is the chance for the Dolphins to get right. Yeah, that seems a little silly. I mean, a rookie compared to a seven-year vet, I don't think, you know, in terms of how the Dolphins can incorporate Duke Johnson, it's not as, uh, you know, complicated as, no, he doesn't know the playbook. We're not going to put him out there. I mean, it's it's simple. Hey, we have these four plays drawn up with you. You know what you're going to do in them. And, hey, let's go do this. You're a professional. Let's rock and roll. So that seems like a little, uh, little weird to me. But, Josh, Patrick Laird played over Jared Dokes last week. I thought that was pretty interesting, uh, especially with Miami's, struggles in just rushing the football in general. But Josh, the idea here is that the Miami Dolphins will be able to run the football against a team like Houston. And as a result, you can run the football. All of a sudden, the RPOs, the play actions actually work instead of just doing a silly motion where you're just handing the faking the ball to a running back and not getting any linebackers or safeties to move. Uh, then, then there's really no point in doing it. Last week, Josh, we saw from against Buffalo 205 yards and an interception from Tua, 5.3 yards per attempt. And, and man, you got to say it's a little concerning. He has the two decent games against bad defenses. But hey, if you're going to be a good quarterback, man, you, you got to make something happen against good defenses. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think Houston, again, they're not a good defense. And I think we saw, you know, previously, yes, against the Buffalo Bills to a struggle, but he did have those two softer defenses that he went out there and looked good. So I do think this is a game for him to get right, Jake. And I mean, the again, the perfect recipe is to have success running the football. And, you know, in previous weeks, it wasn't so much that they weren't having success on the ground. You know, they were averaging, you know, 4.4 yards per carry. They were they were doing pretty mm-hmm. well statistically, but they weren't just, you know, they weren't sticking to it. They, they were coming away from it way too early. So we definitely need to... to pound the football and let Tua go out there and just execute. Because, I mean, we saw it again, those two previous games that he had, man. I mean, he looked like a whole different quarterback. You know, he started to, got, to get fans. You know, some of them guys that were uh, Deshaun Watson. We got to make this trade for Deshaun Watson. I mean, Tua had two very good games against, you know, mediocre defenses. And all of a sudden, everyone completely went full circle. So, um, to keep on that, you got to go out there and beat Houston Texans. But, Jake, as you know, I mean, they have Tyrod Taylor. And I don't know about you, man, but I just can't believe it's 2021. And we still have to worry about this guys five and two wait till i show you his stats just wait, okay well man. then i'm gonna i'm gonna let you pull him up but he's five and two lifetime versus this team and and it's just i mean why why is this man coming back this week where is the doctor where's herbert's hired assassin that you know punctured his lung last year i mean taylor is that you know solid veteran quarterback he reminds you of a geno smith or a ryan fitzpatrick that you know is grizzled and just can go out there and win games and i mean i just can't believe that it's 2021 and we still have to worry about freaking tyrod taylor you know extending plays with his feet or running in for touchdowns because i mean it feels like we were just doing that what five ten years ago i mean it's just crazy how you know everything seems to come full circle as a dolphins fan yeah tyrod taylor had 416 passing yards and three touchdowns a completion percentage of 70 all before getting hurt in week two josh and let's take a jump into the time machine here tyrod taylor completed 21 of 29 attempts for three touchdowns and no interceptions as the buffalo bills defeated the Miami dolphins 41 to 14 on september 27th Oof. 2015 oh my he God. then completed 11 of 12 attempts for 181 yards and a touchdown in a 33 to 17 win on november 8th 2015 Miami did beat him twice in 2016, but it certainly was not pretty. 28 to 25 in week seven, and then 34 to 31 in Buffalo on Christmas Eve. JHI, thank you so much for giving us a happy Christmas that year. That, so that was certainly a So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> then you go back to 2017. They beat the Dolphins 24 16 in week five or week 15 and 22 to 16 in week 17. That's one of those frustrating years. You play the Jets, you play the Bills at the end of the year, whether it's Geno Smith, Tyrod Taylor. Bad Lewis, the Dolphins can't keep up with these speedy quarterbacks, and they make the team look very, very silly. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. 
Yeah, Jake, and I, I mean, I thought you were going to throw it out there, but he is, you know, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions against this Miami Dolphins team. And um, that's just, it's absurd to think that Tyrod Taylor, I mean, again, uh, he, uh, he's solid. He's a decent veteran quarterback, but he's always kind of been, yeah, but when he plays the Dolphins, he just seems to, you know, get that, you know. If he's, pal- yeah, he's yeah, amazing. It's like, it's like you're playing a fighting game and your meter just, you know, goes all the way up and now you got your finishing move because he just goes out there and it's just fatality after fatality. So, I, I mean, I hope the Dolphins can somehow find a way to, to write this streak. I mean, the Dolphins defense, the secondary is allowing 291 yards through the air. So, I mean, it's a chance for a guy like Brandon cooks and, you know, a rookie like Nico Collins perhaps to go out there and, and have success. And again, I just feel like if it was any other quarterback, I'd feel, you know, a little better about this game. I mean, yes, both these teams won back in week one have now lost seven straight, but I feel like, you know, this is the game the dolphins need to just get right and go out there. Like we mentioned in previous podcasts, take that baseball bat with them, Jake, you know, wrapped in barbed wire and go out there and have themselves a game. But, you know, you see Tyrod Taylor there. He is the literal kryptonite, and he has to give Dolphin fans a little bit of cause for concern because it would just be so Dolphins, man, when we continue to say they cannot hit rock bottom anymore to lose to the Houston Texans, you know, with Deshaun Watson. Does he sit on the sideline? I mean, he'd be smiling from their sideline just looking across like, oh really? Like, hello, darkness, my whole – I mean, that that's the <laughs> Dolphins, right? <laughs> Last week, Brandon Cooks had six receptions on six targets for 83 yards and a touchdown for the Houston Texans. It's just very ironic that uh, Davis Mills – is going to be replaced by Tyrod Taylor after, what, five weeks, just in time for the Miami Dolphins. That is just brutally, brutally frustrating. And we're not going to spend too much time on the Miami defense. You kind of get our tone of how we feel this matchup might go. Uh, but the Miami Dolphins defense is 31st in the league on third down, and they're 16th in the red zone. Man, the third down thing, I mean, that just screams Tyrod Taylor running out of the pocket on third and five, third and six, and scrambling for, you know, 15, 20 yards so, Josh, we're sitting here, and all of a sudden, uh, I was looking at the picks, who was picking who uh, in terms of the Houston, Texas, Miami Dolphins game. And I got to say, all the NFL Network uh, experts and the athletic experts both all picked the Miami Dolphins to win this game. Uh, Vegas has the Dolphins getting six and a half points from the last time I saw. And man, for two one and seven teams, that spread is way too high. Uh, overall, Vegas is saying this game's going to. Total around 45, 46 points, somewhere right in there. So, Josh, give me your gut instinct here because as we kind of sit here and talk about this game, I do think it's going to go one of two ways. I think it might might be that stat pattern, get right game. You already know the stories of Deshaun Watson noise is out of the locker room and they play well, yada, yada, yada. This team hasn't won at home after last year where they were so great at home. That heat was such a great... Uh, Home field advantage for the team. I was trying to think of another way to not say home for the 15th time, but man, it, this is what we thought about the Jaguars. So that I don't know where to go with this. It's exactly how we felt about the Jaguars. And I think now it might be five and a half. I think it might be going down. I think I saw the last time I checked the Finsider. but Jake, I mean, I'm going to stick with everyone else, I guess. And I'm going to go with the Dolphins somehow, you know, getting right 27, 17. I think I see this game going. I think, you know, the defense goes out there and plays the way maybe we kind of expected at the beginning of the year. They get some turnovers. I mean, that has been one of the biggest things besides not being able to, you know, sustain success offensively and, and, you know, come off the field on third downs. It's been their inability to, you know, create those takeaways, create those things that made them so good a season ago. So I think, you know, Tyrod Taylor, yes, he's been our Achilles heel. Yes. He's never had interception, but I think that all comes, you know, I think that's all going to come crashing down this week. I think the dolphins find a way to pull out this victory. I keep saying that. And I think that just shows how down and out we, are to find a way to pull out this victory and you know I think you know as much as we can sit here and say that the dark cloud is you know moved on it really has not moved on from the, the Dolphins you know from Tua Tagovailoa but I think it is going to fuel him it's going to fuel this offense and they're going to go out there and do enough 
to, again, beat the Houston Texans, who are not a very good football team at all. And that's kind of my concern, man. I, I would love to see this offense do more than just enough. Uh, however, I'm not going to think they can do that until they actually do it. Um, so I might be copping out here, but I, I think we've been pretty good in terms of our game script predictions, whether it's field goals, whether it's defense, whatever it may be. Man, I think this game's be flirting around 23-24, and it's really going to come down, I think, again, to which kicker is going to be able to make the field goal. I really think that's how it's going to be. It's going to be another huge concern if Jason Sanders misses a kick, but I think that's where the Dolphins are slowly heading. Uh, but at home, the Heat, yeah, let's go 26-24 Dolphins. Why not? I don't want to be miserable. I'll probably still be miserable, but let's try not to be. Do you see a Jason Sanders field goal a game winner? Was that what your original plan was, or did you audible out of that there? That, that's what I think it's going to come down to is uh, that last second field goal. And I, I'm just kind of crossing my fingers. He does hit that. I mean, any other probably, year, any other year, we know it would go through. And this year, you're just like, I think it's going to, you know, bounce off each post and then hit, you know, double a little dink, short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, double dink and then hit the hit the ground. And what a frustrating way to be with one and seven, man. But here we are. We thought this would kind of be where the Dolphins were cruising along. You know, you got the Texans, you got the Jets a couple of times, man. Eating this, up for the playoffs. Team was supposed to <laughs> eating up those wins, feeling idiots. real good. Oh, we are dumb, dumb idiots. <laughs> Egg on our face. So let's wrap it up here with our fantasy guy, Josh. Uh, I think it goes back to Devontae Parker because you need to look at when you're picking your players how the script changes based on who's on the field. Uh, Mike Kosicki saw his targets plummet last week down to four with Devontae Parker back in the lineup. He received 11 targets. Uh, that was the first time since week one Gasicki had less than six targets, man. I think that number is going to bounce up. I think this is going to be one of those games where – tight end is kind of a roller coaster, right? Where you, they might have a couple games where they blow up and then it's, it's quiet again, because that's kind of how the tight end situation operates. Different defenses can scheme against them in different ways. I think this is going to be one of those games where, you know, DFS, whatever it is, FanDuel, DraftKings is going to have Gasicki be a little cheaper based on last week's performance. So I think this is a good opportunity for him to eat up a lot of targets. Additionally, Josh, I, I don't want to rain on your parade here, but the reason I didn't go Jalen Waddle is because he had 11 targets last week. He had 11 targets the week before having Devontae Parker in didn't change his game script. However, if you were to make a case for if you were to make a case for him, it boils down to the fact he isn't being covered by Tredavious White, where it's a lot of empty targets. Yeah, should be a much better go for him this week. And I wasn't going to go Jalen Waddle. I will announce my fantasy guy in a second, Jake. But before we move on from Mike Kosicki, I just want to know your thoughts on, uh, I believe a report came out, you know, that Mike Kosicki loves playing in Miami. We know he's in a contract year and the Dolphins, I guess, apparently have not reached out and talked to him. So, um, again, we talked about it last podcast. This could possibly be the best player easily on offense, most likely, maybe possibly the best player on the team. So to hear that the Dolphins haven't even had any contract talks, I mean, that made me upset. The first thing I thought of is maybe right. they were waiting to see if a Deshaun Watson trade were to happen. Because, I mean, that would have put him in all sorts of cap situations where they might have had to tinker things here and there. But either way, I mean, you're waiting till midway through the season to even approach Mike Kosicki. I mean, uh, again, that's a guy that the Dolphins should have locked up. So I just want to get your thoughts on that real quick. You know, when you look at the fact the team could lock up Jerome Baker, I think you have to think, exactly. hey, we should probably wrap up Mike Kosicki too. I mean, he's someone he's, he's fun to watch, man. And I can't say that over the years we've had a lot of guys. I mean, Jarvis Landry was our poster child for years, but he didn't really have anyone else rolling with him. I mean, it, he's just such a fun guy to root for him and Jalen Waddle are probably two guys who get me really excited on this offense. Every time the ball is in their hands and man, you don't let talent walk out the door. It's that simple. I mean, it, it shouldn't be that hard to understand that he works so well here. You know what you're getting from him. And you know, if you start letting guys like this go, I mean, we saw Kelvin Johnson retire because the Detroit Lions didn't want to retain its own talent and keep pushing for that Super Bowl. 
Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm just, I joked before, but do you think Mike Kosicki, I mean, the way he lines up, I mean, he has an argument that he could be paid like a wide receiver the way the Dolphins utilize him at some times. But uh, Jake, I mean, let's just wait to see what happens when Odell comes in here. I mean, then the offense is going to be really fun to there watch, right? Um, yep. So my fantasy guy, I mean, as much as I'd like to sit here and say Duke Johnson revenge game, I don't know if he'll even be on the roster. So I'm going to go with Salvin Ahmed. He had seven carries in each of his last three games. He's proven, you know, since the days in training camp, that he was an asset in the passing game on those wheel routes, you know, just making plays with his hands. I really do like Mike Miles Gaskin. He's a stud, but for me, um, this goes out to a lot of those folks, you know, you might be, pressed hard against the wall this week, you know, trying to get a running back. I think Salvin Ahmed should be available in most fantasy leagues right now. And I think, again, if you're playing in PPR, this could be a guy, again, seven touches on the ground. He's an asset in the passing game. I could see Salvin Ahmed getting, you know, 80 to 100 total yards from scrimmage. And then, you know, all it takes is one touchdown, you know, that one big play. So um, I would have loved to go Jalen Waddle, you know, to a stuck with what we've done, but I tried to think a little bit outside the box and just thought about some of those guys that might have a Derrick Henry on IR, you know, some of these guys on buy. Why not go out there, pick up Salmon Ahmed, and, you know, let us pray he goes out there and does some good things. Just so everyone can yell at you afterwards. But, Josh, I like that pick just because you have to think about how poor the Houston defense is, especially in that secondary. You make that linebacker, that safety or covering miss, and Ahmed has the speed to kind of just run away from everyone. It's not like he's going to have to break four, five, six tackles. We know that's not necessarily his style. Uh, but I think that's a great matchup. I really like that pick. Josh, we're winding down. We're almost at the halfway point of the season. Uh, we, w- we wish things felt better, but here we are making the most of it, and hopefully we have Odell Beckham. And- I can't believe we're saying that uh, on November 5th of 2021. But thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at H-O-U-T-Z for Houts. He shares all the quotes that the Miami Dolphins release. He shares a lot of film, all that great stuff. So be sure to hit him with a follow. I can be found at jmendel94. And the best way you guys can support this podcast is to hit that subscribe button, Spotify, iTunes. It will be the best way for you to know when we're releasing a show because, hey, Sometimes it's Monday, Tuesday. Sometimes it's Tuesday, Wednesday. We like to keep people on their toes here at Finsider Review. Yeah, and guys, thank you. Like Jake said, thank you so much for listening to this. We will hopefully be back Monday after a victory. It'll be Victory Monday, and maybe, just maybe, we're going to hear that Odell Beckham Jr. got claimed by your favorite football team. For Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show, I'm Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you next week. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami